It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the long awaited return of the British University Ice Hockey Association podcast. I'm Rambo, and I'm joined by Nick. How are you doing, Nick? I'm very well, thank you, Rambo. Yourself? I'm doing well. I um, got myself a bit stuck there because I started doing the full British University Ice Hockey Association bit instead of BIHA. I know you did. You did pretty well the second time around, but the first time around, I thought you were uh, you were definitely going to drown on that one. But um, you, you got through it. Um, so uh, Nick, um, obviously, it's been a while since we talked. I think the last time we talked was just after Tier One Nationals weekend. Um, well, you well you you tell me, Rambo. Not much has happened since then, has it? Well, I mean, if it was a visual podcast, I'd be doing the Beyonce thing at the moment. But yes, I uh, I did actually get married um, since then. So uh, yeah, things have been nice. I've had my little uh, mini moon and I'm currently in the process of trying to organise going to Canada o- over Christmas time. Um, so uh, that's, in, that's in progress. Uh, and I do have my Edmonton Oilers tickets booked for Hogmanay, which I'm pretty excited about. So that's that's what I've been doing. What have you been up to? Nothing quite as exciting as any of that list of uh, Rambo's summer shenanigans, but um, uh, yeah, just getting by, like uh, on a day by day basis, as much as anything else. But yeah, nothing quite as exciting as any of any of your ongoings. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. So um, obviously, uh, I, I I obviously was part of the wedding, um, but you attended. Yeah. How did you enjoy the day? Uh, I it was a it was a spectacular occasion. For everyone that attended, it was uh, it was well well paced, and uh, I think everybody who was there thoroughly enjoyed um, enjoyed their times. I know I know lots of people who talk about going to weddings, and especially when you're there for the whole day, it can become quite the saga. But no, the um, the the ceremony flowed very nicely, and uh, and you you made your way through Rambo. Like who who'd have thought um, who'd have thought you'd have been so comfortable being uh, being in the limelight. And then, uh, obviously, we made it through to, uh, obviously, the dinner, which, again, who would have thought you'd be so comfortable at public speaking? Like, we were all massively shocked by how, how easily you took to that. Uh, and then, yeah, the evening do, which was, again, um, I, you'll have to... What is the... So, this was foretold to me as my, my first Scottish wedding. Um, basically, my everlasting memory is from the end of the night when I was foretold that we were all going to get beaten up in this ceremonial tradition of everybody running towards the middle and standing on each other. That was, um, that was a, a first and certainly something that uh, I can remember we definitely came away myself and Beth and laughed that we wonder what people would do if you got them to do that on the ice. <laughs> so what I'm wanting to know is that is it the next first Steel Queen's practice back of the season, will there be uh, a, a second round of this on the ice, potentially? Uh, probably not, because uh, 
a lot of them will be back on the ice for the first time in many a month. Even those that played in Bwift will have been off the ice for a few months, I would think. Um, and we'll get to Bwift in a minute, no doubt. But uh, yeah, that that's Loch Lomond. It's uh, traditionally the last song played at any Scottish wedding. Um, and that's referred to as the Scottish mosh pit at the end where everyone runs it. Yeah, if if, um, if 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 Laura Staten is uh, is listening, um, my my ankle has now recovered um, from being trodden on. Uh, that was um, it was more due to the shape of the room. We we definitely should have taken the advice, which was to go to the other side of the room where you were kind of at least on the uh, not on the the blobby bit of the circle, let's call it, because we we were kind of cutting a bit of a. Uh, in the uh, in the extra bit, which then made it a little bit all more crumpled, but um, no, it was a it was a great great way to end uh, a fantastic day, and I'm sure um, <clears throat> I'm sure you say the same. Yeah, um, actually, obviously, being Scottish and being to more Scottish weddings than, than you will have been, um, I've been involved in a few of those, but it, it's definitely uh, more terrifying in the middle um, than it is on the outside, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, it wasn't until we, Lindsay and I both thought a lot of people had left quite early uh, for you know for the for the evening, and thought oh there's not going to be many people left at the end. But actually, there must have been still about 80, 80 odd people left at the end because yeah no there was a, there was quite the crowd. It took up quite a bit of the crowd, um, and he did miss a little bit. You're meant to cross hands at one point and then run in, but that is that's um, you know that's more higher uh, level Scots that do that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I, I can, given the amount of carnage that already ensued, um, yeah, I'm glad we perhaps gave that a miss. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you, you enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm glad that it seemed that everybody else enjoyed themselves. Um, that was there. Uh, I. Uh, I managed to get away with the fact I didn't write my speech beforehand, so I got I got quite I managed to cover that up quite well. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good time, and then I had a little trip to Corngarth. But if anyone's looking for a breakaway, go up to the go up to the Scottish Highlands. It is definitely one of the most beautiful parts of the country you'll you'll come across, and it's um, it's really peaceful as well. So I, I would strongly recommend that. Um, but hockey, Nick, hockey. When when are you guys back on ice? I was about to say, Rambo, you've gone from peaceful to pieces shattered with the return of hockey. Which um, we're actually we're we're not starting back for another. I'd have to double check this with the with the boss, but um, I'm pretty sure we're not back on the ice for maybe another officially as a as a team. Not back for maybe another two two and two and a bit weeks. So starting a little bit later than usual, but um, I think. Uh, it's just how the academic term dates have fallen this year, that it's a little bit further into September than uh, than it might have normally been. And maybe uh, I think we're just keen to get everybody back, but maybe not start until everybody is. So, Yeah, we, we're, uh, we're actually Murrayfield's coming back, um, which is nice. Um, we'll be reopening on the weekend of the 15th, 16th of October. And uh, it's exciting to, to be going going back to that but um, we're not going to be able to train until October essentially because we're looking at it now and, and anywhere else we can't really afford a block booking of 10 weeks yeah. um, because then you're trying to cover Murrayfield and that other place 
um, and therefore you're having to play VAT. So it's, it just takes it out of the out, out of the price range, unfortunately, for everyone. But I can guarantee that that first session will be pretty busy uh, in October, and we're, we're thoroughly looking forward to being back at it and hopefully getting your good self up and uh, and we all solve a game and and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of, a lot a lot going on. Well, you get to uh, you get to reap the rewards of being busy little bees going away away from home during the the pandemic and post COVID times, and now get some home cooking for all these teams coming up to uh, coming up for the experience. Yeah, and it's uh, there's a there's a few teams that certainly we we all games to Cambridge and have already asked us to 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 host them, um, so they're obviously keen to travel. So it's it's good to it's good to hear our teams keen keen to do that and keen to get back into things and. Um, actually, just as you mentioned, they're just over the summer, just before the wedding. Um, I was down at the Bwift tournament, which is sort of the British Women's Ice Hockey Friendship Tournament. Um, to run, it was running down in Bristol. Uh, Bristol's a, it's not a bad pad, uh, Nick. Um, I'm not sure you'll venture there very often, but uh, the home of Dave Rogers was was, was looking nice. I was going to say, if, if, is the building named after him, or just a certain corner of the ice where he four checks hard, or? <laughs> um, there wasn't actually. There should be like the the Dave Rogers um, test the memorial corner. I think where he where he's four checked hard, lost an edge, and crashed into the barrier <laughs> at some point, no doubt. Um, but it, it is it is a it's a it was a nice part of the world. Although we didn't see much of Bristol because obviously you're there for a tournament and the the, the format was interesting. That you played everybody. Uh, that was in the tournament. So you played everybody at least once and then there was a semi-final and a final. So the games were really short, but it gave you that chance to play sort of, you know, the top teams and then the, the teams that were maybe equal to you and then maybe the teams that were below you. So well, it's a little bit closer yeah. to the Nationals format that in the shorter games at Nationals, you can have uh, that Cinderella moment of a, of a star-studded team being beaten out by... A Rory the Butcher type uh, type character, if you know what I mean. Whereas, obviously, as we've seen from vast experience, the longer the games, kind of the cream does rise to the uh, rise to the top, I suppose. Yeah, um, I mean, certainly we we came close uh, with with the GB under 16s, which might sound a bit sad. You got beat by under 16s, but tell you what, those girls were really good. Um, the future's bright uh, for for the GB setup. Um, and it was it was oh, it was it was a cracking time. Like in a, a um, well, honestly, if there's any other women's teams that are, are out there, keep an eye out for it and, uh, and get get yourselves down. It's like um, from a, from a personal note, I, it's I I absolutely love nationals. I, I love I loved it as a player. I love it as a coach. I've had the love hate relationship that I'm sure the rest of the board do with hosting the hosting the tournament, but. I think for me, especially obviously being that being my home rink and my hometown, it's kind of I don't get that magic of going away and playing a tournament or never kind of did, if you know what I mean, and, and going somewhere different. So I don't know. There's there's kind of there's that little bit of lost magic that I've, I've, I've obviously facilitated that experience for God knows how many players over the years. But for myself, it's always a little bit different in terms of it's not like you're going somewhere new and and hanging out somewhere. That's where um, some of the trips to Finland and stuff like that have always always provided that kind of experience of getting away but um but yeah i more than uh, sounds like a great experience to go down there and 
uh, take the team and bond and do some different things? Yeah, yeah. The only thing I would complain about, and I don't know if this is, I've discovered this in a few English towns, is why does everything shut so early? Like, <laughs> you know, people going for food and it's, it's half eight, I'm sorry, we stopped serving. What? It's a Saturday night or a Friday night. Why are you not open? I, honestly, that was the only thing that I, the only thing I'd say takes away from, from the experience is that basically, if you were a little bit late, the only thing options you had were pizza or McDonald's. And there was no... In between, you know, Frankie and Benny should stop serving at like eight fifteen or something on a Friday well, night. Well, I'm sure. Obviously, with Dave being the mayor of Bristol, um, he'll be able to obviously facilitate sorting that out for future years. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't get it. It happened once before. We went down to Stoke. Um, I know there's no ice rink in Stoke, but we chose to stay in Stoke to play in Nottingham. Long story, and uh, <laughs> and we got down there and everything had stopped serving food at like eight o'clock on a. Saturday night and you're like what are you doing it's you know it's a Saturday night do people not go out and get some tea after eight uh, anyway um, that's it that's an aside a little rant for for people that obviously know me now as a tourist um, so Nick um, in our own kind of world of hockey uh, we're now going to be experiencing the um, the, the cup being back um, yeah. you, you looking forward to that yeah the the, the crazy thing, obviously, you've been doing this for longer than I have, and I've been doing this for a long time, so geez, but it was the craziness of, it was been two, three weeks ago, must be three weeks ago, just in, in the locker room, a couple of people who've, who've been around for a little bit longer mentioning about the cup and just the amount of people in the room who were like, what is that? And you're like, wow, that was like the staple diet of university hockey and the bread and butter that comes with it, and then there's a couple of generations worth of intakes of players who've got no idea what, what magic and fun is to come. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like, um, I suppose for you it's not such a big deal, but there's nothing like a midnight trip to Whitley Bay on a Tuesday. Um, to Exactly. To and, and, and as I was pointing out to them, it's pretty much a compulsory trip to Whitley Bay at midnight on a Tuesday, which uh, trying to get their heads around this whole kind of... Um, you you make a commitment, and unless you've got the uh, got the money to facilitate not going, you uh, better hope there's an act of God uh, to intervene. But uh, yeah, trying to trying to let them know that some of these uh, some of the more you'll you'll know who I mean, the more peripheral wishy washy types who you you do experience that um, it's not that easy this year in terms of uh, you're either in or you're out. Yeah, I mean I have to say um, Whitley Bay might be something that makes you question whether there is a God, but uh, we'll not get into that <laughs> philosophical debate. Um, but certainly on a, on a Tuesday night, it's, uh, it's an experience and it's, it's, I've not done it for years actually. And I still, I still get fe the, the fear about it because not, we've avoided Newcastle. You guys now always get your, you know, your afternoon slot, which is to me the best time to play hockey. <laughs> so, um, well, in which case, in which case, Rambo, do you want a uh, a podcast exclusive? Yes. Uh, in which case, um, unfortunately, due for a, a number of different reasons that don't need to be aired, um, we're actually moving away, uh, unfortunately, from from those dinner time slots. However, I have kept one, just for you. Oh, that's 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 nice. You've just you better be able to make it. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. 
Um, but you've just upset everybody else, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so um, in terms of the cup, um, it should be, it's, it's kind of exciting for some teams, I suppose, as well, because the likes of, you know, your Glasgow Stags, they had, they'd grown to the point where they were going to be going into the cup before COVID. And then obviously the merits table wasn't a direct uh, replacement for that. Um, and um, even the likes of, you know, St Andrews, I would think, had a good chance of getting themselves into that playoff final, uh, which a Scottish team has. Oh no, I think they have won it now. But they, they tried to get it was, you know, they were get they would have got themselves in that playoff final, I would have imagined, last year. So it'll be really super interesting to to see if uh the dominance that some teams showed in the in the merits table translates into the cup um when they've got fixtures maybe that they didn't choose, uh, shall we say, or didn't organise themselves. And I certainly am um quite pleased that it's happening from a fixtures perspective because it means I spend, you know, maybe a few days or a week even putting all the fixtures together for the cup and then there's a few putting out fires but there's none of this, oh, so-and-so said they would play me and then decided they won't play us anymore and what do we do about that and could you get us a referee and it's like two days before the game and I'm being asked to try and get a referee at midnight in far off Jabrovia. Um so it's it's I think it's going to be a much easier thing to set up and hopefully that means there'll be more even more hockey played this year in the BIHA um at a level that everyone um can compete at and enjoy. So that's I mean that's my hope. Um I hope that <laughs> I hope that the games are good and there's no there's no uh, pumpings or anything like that. But you know it happens. Um so I'm look, I'm looking I'm kind of looking forward to the cup and just seeing how it plays out. Uh, and, uh, and and just seeing where, where we go from from there, Nick. And, and uh, 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 the Kings, are you pretty got a pretty good bunch of players this year? You've got quite a lot of players. I mean, um, we're, we're we're kind of now back on kind of our stable diet of uh, of hopefully one checking team and one non-checking team as to exactly where they fall. Obviously, we we await to see what happens with that. But yeah, we're we're kind of. And then the development team that kind of plays through the year with the aim of, of nationals being in there, maybe with the occasional friendly. But yeah, we, we've kind of got a good a good level of numbers and a good structure and um, excited to obviously take some of these people to some, again, not dissing with the bay, I shrink by any means, but take some of these people to some different places, like seeing the looks on their eyes for the first time they saw Sheffield in, in April when all they've known before that is Whitley Bay and You've told these people that sometimes you you will fall over and you will slide and you will slide all the way into the other end, into the danger zone. So you need to be able to know how to get back up and stop versus the car park effect that occurs at Whitley Bay of a little bit like gravel. Um, But no, I I think actually not to talk too much BYJ business, but just for those people out there involved in the cup this year and everything else that goes on with it, I think, I, I don't think... I'm speaking out of turn to say, I think from a committee point of view, there's a little bit of a disclaimer to some extent that needs to come with this, that obviously Rambo's exceptional organisational skills of of organising the fixtures and all the hard work that goes into that is is a given. The one thing that will be a little bit in flux and, and might take maybe a season or two to sort out is obviously 
where teams are and what's going to happen with that. It's going to be a bit of a fluid process and it's going to take a little bit of time. And hey, there's going to be some teams who make good from it and there's going to be some teams who don't do so good for it. And it's there's not much that can be done. There's how 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 do you without basically just randomly drawing teams out of a hat, which is an even worse way of doing it, how do you try and even start trying to pull together a list of who should go where? Do you, do you base this off 2019? It's a completely different landscape and a completely different world that we live in, never mind uh, hockey-wise. So I'm sure, no doubt, there will be people who will have grumbles. And I apologise and I understand them. But also, there's always going to be someone or something. It just happens that it's you. Like, unfortunately... It is what it is, and it's the world's not a perfect place, and we're not going to be able to make this perfect either. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there can be some realignment. Um, I'm pretty sure, for example, we've seen some teams that have shown through nationals or through um, their merits tables that they can they can maybe move up to division or, or whatever. Um, and then there's going to be some teams that. Are going to be down, but then that happens every year to an extent. Where you got a team that maybe has a great run one year and then ends up back in, you know, in a division that they can't handle the next year because a few of those players that helped them win are gone, and uh, yeah, and they, then they, they then they're going to struggle the following year, and and that's that's sport. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what level you play that. That's that's sport. I mean, look at Man United for example getting pumped off Brentford. Um, recently I think it was Brentford that pumped them um you know I'm proud of you Rambo that was a good football reference you've obviously been doing your research that's that's that, that, well that comes up with something else that we'll chat about just briefly at the end um but you know that's these sorts of things are are, are what happens in sport and you just have to deal with them and take the good with the bad and uh, and eventually it will level out as best it will ever level out but Like like at the end of the day, I'm sure we would love at the end of the season to give the worst performing club across the board the number one overall draft pick. But we don't have a draft. So unfortunately, you just get a heartfelt congratulations on competing and good luck next year. So it's going to be what it's going to be. And I I just thought it was worth getting that out there that there, there will inevitably be things that aren't right. And it's not necessarily that they haven't been looked at. There's just probably going to be scenarios that it's the rightest wrong answer that there is. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there will never be a perfect system to rank in the teams in uni. It can't go back to the way it was in 2003 where teams chose what division they were going to be in, meaning that you could essentially keep yourself in a lower division so you could keep winning um, which some teams were doing it might not sound very sporting but teams were doing that um, it can't go back to that so it needs to be this sort of this ranking up and down the divisions are picked and, and, and ranked from the teams available to play in them and and that's the way it's going to be and I'm glad I'm not going to be at the AGM this year because it always falls in an NFL weekend um, but when I'm at the AGM, the one thing that just is my biggest bugbear is when teams come with like some kind of you know Venn diagram of why they're in the they're winning the pain rankings and they should be in a different division. Um, it's 
it's just it happens every year to a team where they do feel they're in a division too high. Or some teams feel they're in a division too, too low. I mean, for example, St Andrews, when they first started in the Cup, they went into a division two. And they were upset by that because they wanted to be at the highest level. Um, and the truth is that team wouldn't have won Division One, um, but it was certainly too good for Division Two. But they they had to make do with what they what they had, um, and that's the way it's got to be for teams. Unfortunately, until we get it all leveled out, and if we ever get a perfect system, then you know, great. But we can't we can't we can't guarantee it. Um, although I think sometimes think that you learn more from playing um, higher level teams and getting a good pump in. And uh, now and again, Nick, I don't, I don't know about yourself, but sometimes it's better being the the pumpy than the pumper. Uh, do you not think? I think there's sometimes a good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm liking your terminology and references. It's kind of tickling me a little bit, but um, I like the. Uh, it's good to have a little bit of both, and to experience both. And all I would say is, you learn a lot more from losing, and. There's a lot more that you can take for it in terms of you. It's character building, and you actually find out who the real characters are in your team. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, that's where you find out who the glue people are in your team, the people who keep a team together. I mean, um, I mean, going back to that with tournament, we we most games we were in, it was maybe one or two goals in any game that we had, um, except a couple where we one where we won five nil, one where we won four nil. But at the end, we played Bristol, who were leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. Um, and we got absolutely hammered. I think it was 6-0 or something like that in a 16-minute game. And at the end of it, all you could do as a team was kind of smile and go, well, we tried to we tried to impose a new tactic to, to nullify their attack. It didn't work. But we've got experience from it and we know that we won't try that tactic again, you know? It's, so It's look at, look at, we're, we're talking about sport on a very, amateur level and look at what happens in the professional game and how often that goes wrong it it's a human it's a human based system there's always going to be things that don't quite work out and yeah I think um, yeah yeah exactly and, and um, but that's that's that uh, so Nick um, Obviously, a few, you've got a few weeks before your back started again. I think there's a couple of teams back. Sheffield seem to be back at, at it. Um, there's certainly some rep clubs um, starting back up here. Um, what, have you, what, what have you been doing to occupy yourself without hockey? I um, did manage to catch the old Rona. Um, that occupied me for a little while. Uh, that's delightful. For, for all those who have not had it, um, uh, I... Oh, it stays that way for you. For all those who have had it, I equally feel sorry for you. Um, but mainly, uh, yeah, this summer's been pretty strange. Like, obviously, what with the, I don't know, tropical climate that we now live in, which I'm sure even made its way to Scotland, Rambo, even with the, with your fair hair and skin. Um, oh, yeah. Quite a, quite a trying time. But, um, yeah, uh, lots of stuff around the house, continuing to obviously keep up the old, uh, keep up the old day job. But, yeah, just I don't know, usual stuff. Make it making a way round through the various streaming platforms that are around and the different shows and stuff. So. Yeah, well, uh, uh, we've we've been watching it, we're rewatching Friends because I've I've not seen them all and I just decided I'd watch them. 
Uh, I'm not actually particularly massively into it, but it's, it's interesting to fill in the blanks of I kind of know what happened at the start and kind of know what happened at the finish. So just filling in the blanks of what happened in between times because uh, I hadn't seen them all. Um, that was just that's just a kind of when it's you're having dinner and there's nothing else to do type thing. It's, it's, good, it's good, easy background noise. You don't yeah. have to necessarily. It's it's not it's not a hard watch in terms of you're not having to sit there and analyse every single detail because otherwise the next ten minutes is not going to make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond that, um, been uh, been caught the first two episodes of House of Dragons. Um, I'm excited about it in the sense that it looks like it's going to be as good of, as Game of Thrones in the first six seasons because the first six seasons of Game of Thrones were excellent. I'm a little still, I'm still that little bit terrified that they're going to ruin it at the end, like they did with Game of Thrones. But um, yeah, it's been pretty good. And I, I watched the first two episodes of She Hulk as well, which I actually really liked. Um, I quite like the. Uh, I don't know, I was a bit torn on it at first, but I'm, I'm quite liking the, the breaking the fourth wall thing in that as well, without giving too much spoilers away. Um, so both of them I'd, I'd, I'd recommend, if you're in your Marvel stuff, you've probably already watched most of the other bits and pieces that are out there. I've got a few to catch up on. I've not watched Loki yet, for example, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite enjoying the She-Hulk. You, you're a Marvel guy, are you not? Uh-huh, yeah. So I haven't I haven't started on She-Hulk to be fair. I haven't done that. But Loki and all the other ones and, and the majority of the films fairly fairly well up to date on those. So I don't know. Um controversial Marvel comment coming up. But I feel post endgame and post what's gone on, you can tell that some of the content that's come out has been done in COVID and not necessarily it's not been the greatest kind of Kind of sitting there waiting for something to happen, if you know what I mean, in terms of there's a lot of wheels spinning going on. Yeah, I mean, I know that it's not strictly Marvel. Well, it is Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's kind of Sony and kind of Disney together. Um, I really enjoyed the Spider-Man um, movie, the new one, um, where, all, you know, the nostalgia of all the old Spider-Man coming back. Um, but I did not enjoy the Eternals um, for at all, really. Uh, there was little bits in it that were okay, but to be frank, um, it should have been called Eternity, because that's what it felt like when we were sitting watching it. Yeah, uh, I think the other thing that I keep thinking about is, so now that we've all lived through the, sorry, this has turned into a Marvel podcast, but sorry that we've all lived through the um, the first, whatever phase you want, whatever, the, 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 the Infinity Saga or whatever it's called, and and however long that lasted, but it's kind of trying to get into my head that obviously for every amazing endgame type film, there was like uh, an original um, an original four film or something like that, where it might not necessarily been the best, but you have to put some of these kind of blocks in place and work around them. And I think the more frustrating thing is there's obviously some large elaborate plot going to be unfolding with some of this stuff and you sometimes, as a Marvel fan, sit there and over overanalyze what's going to be important and what's not, and then realize actually the majority of it's just dross that you don't need to worry about. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. Um, it was a. Uh, it was disappointing um, that they didn't put uh, Kit Harrington all in black um, when he we when he met um, Richard Madden again. Though that really annoyed me. 
it was something they could have done as an in-joke and they just didn't do it and it really quite upset me. Um, but <laughs> that aside, um, it's pretty. it's been pretty decent. Um, most of the stuff that I've watched, I just, the Eternals one, I, Lindsay kept looking over at me and Lindsay normally kind of half watches a film and does something at the same time and she was struggling to actually do her knitting without feeling bored, which was a sign of how bad the, the Eternals was. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say that Lindsay looked over and you were knitting. No, no, I've not I've not knitted since I made that hat um, during during lockdown the first time. Um, but yeah, that's enough on Marvel, because I guess we could be here all day and all night talking about Marvel. No, and, and also, not to rule the, rule the spoiler, but I'm sure we could talk about, obviously, releasing our own House of Dragon review, uh, review podcast at a later date. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the House of Dragon. I would, if you've not watched it, then then give it a go. Um, it's, just, um, just, just slight warning. Maybe um, don't eat just beforehand or during. Yeah, especially the first episode. Don't, don't, don't eat during that one. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a good watch if you've got a full stomach. Yeah, gra- um, graphic is a word that yeah. is often used. Um, it definitely needs to be used in this case. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving moving on, Nick. Um, obviously, uh, it's not the only hockey that's, that's we're not the only hockey that's coming back. Um, are you excited anything in the the elite league or the NHL or anything like that? I think the the elite league is always an interesting one in terms of uh, seems like from an outside perspective, there's been quite high turnover in a lot of teams not retaining too many rosters and and lots of different coaches moving around and doing different things, but. Eventually, it's probably just going to shake its way down to which one of Belfast, Nottingham, Cardiff and Sheffield have got their act together this year, which, uh, sorry to the rest, but that's normally the case. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always entertaining to see. And then, and then yeah, outside of that, uh, the NHL and everything that comes with that should be, um, should be good. It's always uh, a, good, um, a good footnote. For um, any hockey-related business, but um, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, who have you got winning the, the Stanley Cup this year? Oh, I, I, I could see Colorado going back and doing it again, but I think they're kind of severely weakened compared to what they had before. But I, I don't know how much, and I think everybody's kind of guessing as to what that's going to be. It'd be nice if it was something off the board in terms of, I'm not necessarily talking about kind of like when the Dallas Stars made it to the final and it was like the most tediously boring hockey in the world. But maybe it's maybe it's time to have a, have a year where maybe one of the Canadian teams really, and again, not the Montreal Canadiens, tediously drilling, drawing everybody's life to an end to get into the finals in the way that they did. But maybe, maybe it is time, maybe... Speaking with with a little bit of passion on this subject, maybe it is a bit, a little bit time that maybe I've always told my colleagues in Toronto that if the Toronto Maple Leafs ever break the hoodoo of actually winning a playoff round, they'll probably just win the whole thing because it'll just be such a big deal that they've won one thing that you might as well just carry on. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's the fear, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Uh, then again, you got to look. What was it? The uh, the Boston Red Sox curse and all that kind of stuff. I still think there's plenty more years in the uh, in the Maple Leafs saga. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. This the Red Sox had the the curse of the Bambino, and uh, the of course the the Chicago Cubs had the the curse of the goat, um, which 
<laughs> the weirdest curse in sports where um, this guy turned up to watch the game with his pet goat and they didn't let him in. And he said, those Cubs ain't going to win anymore. And they didn't win again for about another 100 years or something before they won the, think, the World so Series. Actually, actually, we would be... Um, it would be it would be bad, obviously. Um, our our good our our friend, Mister Mister Kirk, obviously joined us on the podcast for that one episode. I know, obviously, he had a uh, a season ending in- injury uh, quite early on last year, and obviously missed out on uh, on his first real season with the Roadrunners out there. But hey, you never know. Maybe um, maybe he gets uh, gets something good going. Maybe Liam Kirk gets uh, gets to play in an NHL game. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... Which quite, which quite aptly will feel right at home since their new arena is about the same size as I Sheffield. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was I was aiming for there because I think Sheffield Arena might be actually bigger. Than, I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, Fife's bigger, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be good for him to get his first his first NHL game. Um, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that... Well, obviously, I'm hoping that Oilers have a good team this year because I am going to go and watch them, so... I'm hoping that I'd like to see the Oilers reach their potential. I just feel that like McDavid's too good a player not to have won a Stanley Cup. I think I think the one thing that you're hoping for is that you hope and pray that basically between mid-November and January, whenever you're going, that basically Conor McDavid's not injured. Well, there's that too. Him and I, I, I can remember one of one of the uh, the first time that I went to Toronto um, and we watched a game. Um, Austin Matthews was injured. And it kind of broke my heart a little bit in terms of I was like, wow, we're, it's it's my one game that I'm here and it's one of the best attractions is not playing. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I remember um, there was a lockdown years ago in the in the Stanley Cup, in the NHL, sorry. Um, it had been about 10 years ago now. And my friends and I organised a trip to Switzerland to see the NHLers who were playing in Switzerland. Yeah. And the lockdown issues were resolved <laughs> before we flew out. So we saw none of them. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think, how, how much fun would it be? Obviously, you, you're a North American sports guy, Rambo. Obviously, we've got our own version of the commish uh, yeah. in the BYHA. Could you imagine uh, negotiations between the uh, Players Union and uh, Andy Miller? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, getting hold of him on, he, on, on his email might be the biggest problem to start off the negotiations. But, um, you know, he, uh, he's, um, he, he would drive a hard bargain, I reckon. I reckon that that lockdown would have been, that lockout would have been finished a lot quicker with Andy and the players would have come off a lot worse. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, it's a weird one because lockouts are, not a thing in Britain because the way we, our sports model is so different, it's so much more open in the sense like, you know, like a big foot, like the, the Premier League, the players aren't paid by the league or there's no there's no centralised contracts. So the players are owned by the club sort of thing in terms of their contracts. So the, the any issues they have are just with the club. So there'll never really be a lockout in the, in the Premier League. Um, unless they all want centralised contracts, which I wouldn't understand in football. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that, that that sort of stuff happens in America. Yeah, and then, and then you add in the, the curveballs of some of the different leagues and the, and the revenue sharing and the escrow and all the rest of the stuff. Like just, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's face it, it keeps, it keeps a lot of people employed just trying to work out some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, uh, the, the mental stuff where, like, somebody gets traded on trade deadline. And if they're traded from a Canadian team to an American team, they can basically play straight away. But if they're playing in Canada, they might not get their work permit in time and stuff like that. So it's like so, such a bizarre thing to negotiate and, and navigate. Um, and then players moving from, like, a lot of players want to live in Florida because there's no tax. There's no income tax on their wages, so they get more money. I know how earlier we mentioned about how interesting BYJ would be if there was draft picks involved. How interesting would the BYJ be if there was trades involved? I would, it would be interesting, actually. Could you imagine, like, Sean Monkhouse getting traded to... I don't know, who, who is Sean Monkhouse? Not, like, like Sheffield. Um, you know, it would be quite it would be quite interesting to see some players that were so synonymous with a team's jersey that you know like Vince Miller suddenly playing for London Dragons oh wait he did play for London Dragons <laughs> oh that's already happened yeah but or, um, or imagine imagine suddenly uh, trade deadline day you're looking for an acquisition finds out that there's a tough gritty uh, tough, gritty bottom six winger who's good on the four check, and then suddenly, dear Brock's up at your at your uh, at your rink for your next practice. Hey guys, yeah, and you're like, I spent a I spent a six round draft pick on this. <laughs> I think that would be the hardest part of trading in the BIC because you'd be basing it on people's stats. So like Orlando Beckett, you'd end up sending a first round draft pick for, and then. Like you turn up and you would not be you not be pleased. <laughs> it would have to be a no refunds policy on it as well. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry, I'm picking on Orlando here, but I just mean you know he had loads of points, and then you suddenly trade for him in a division above, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not where he should I'm be. Thinking, uh, I'm thinking it would be quite entertaining. Um, maybe uh, since I know Dave likes setting himself challenges, never mind uh, everything else that's going on. Uh, maybe this year on April Fools, before uh, before it all kicks off, Rambo, you should announce that the uh, fantasy system's been upgraded this year, and players have got values, and you've got a limit on your uh, amount you could spend, and or that basically it's a fantasy snake draft, and then you can trade players between teams. And only oh, one. that would. Do, do you imagine Dave's head exploding if we done that on, for April Fools? So all, all, all I'm saying is, Dave, it's now what the it's the first of September. You've got a good couple of months. There's not much going on in your life, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> poor, poor Dave. Uh, we're always giving him more time. In fairness, I I take no responsibility for the fantasy thing. That was completely on him. It was apparently he only followed through <laughs> in it because he had started it kind of roughly. And then I sent an April Fools out, and Dave then didn't have the fantasy thing to do the April Fools with, so he decided to do it for real. That is what I'm told. Um, but I hope teams set their lineup next year a bit better than than they did, because um, that was that was quite good having a you know teams set their lineups and then and then do it. It was a bit of fun over the weekend and finding out who who had won and who. Who hadn't won and all that sort of stuff. Oh, it's definitely definitely a case that I'll be uh, doing what I did on the final weekend and just stacking the roster upside down. Oh look, I've happened to pick the third line for, for, for my team for this weekend, which happens to have all my first liners on it. 
Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember thinking I was so clever because I was like, some people not know to do this, but I picked the first line for St Andrews. I'm thinking that like other people might pick the second line because St Andrews are pretty good, so the both lines would be. But I knew who was on that first line, and I thought it was so clever. And then everybody else had picked St Andrews first line, so it just kind of nullified it. And it was it was absolutely pointless. Um, but uh, I did I did um, put some of the, the make the eagle second line maybe was the, should have been the first line um, on, on the thing. But that was. Uh, Oh, it was good. It was good fun, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, it will, it will grow a little bit more, and we'll get we'll get more people involved in it because I, I really enjoyed that. Um, just finally, Nick, uh, one last bit of news: um, the GBU teams have been um, selected um, to go to Salt Lake City for the World University Games. Um, Lake sorry, Lake Placid is it not? It's Lake Placid. I don't know why I keep saying Salt Lake City. It's Lake Placid. Um, to Lake Placid, the home of the miracle. I've got that bit right, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, well done to to them for getting in and stuff. Um, and the next few few months, we'll be seeing who who's going to represent them. Um, but I can only wish all the players who are trying to get into the GBU program um, and get to go across to uh, Lake Placid um, all the best. Um, I hope it goes really, really well for them. Um, and I'm hoping we'll bring back IES this year. I don't know about you, Nick, but um, certainly one of my favourite days in the BIHA calendar um, of the last few seasons before lockdown was uh, was the IES games. Um, are you looking forward to them being back if if they are back? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's always an event, and it's nice to. Um, it's a little bit strange, obviously, last nationals to not have any full sixty minute games to get your teeth into and commentate on, but. Uh... Yeah, I'm sure if that makes a return, it'll be a welcome return. Yeah, that I, speaking of 60-minute games, I did miss the playoff games for that that respect because it it's nice having the little short games and, and bits, but the playoff games are, you know, they, they develop and there's a story told over an hour, an hour of playing time um, that you don't get in the smaller games. But um, Nationals was, I thought, was one of the most competitive Nationals we've had and the, the new format... Um, I think is is I hope that that will remain. Like I hope there's no suggestion that that should change to anything else. Because even if you did play a couple of teams that were outmatching you, you still had something to play for on the Sunday. Um, yeah, and I and I think it's key that for those listening out there who the three people who do listen to this who might be involved in uh, in clubs, um, if you did like it and you did enjoy it, please do tell. Your representative who's going to the AGM so that they can pass that feedback back. Like, there's the whole if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And something was broken, we tried to fix it and we think it was better, but we'd love to know that you agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I, I think I, Dave and I spoke to a few people because we stayed on the Sunday night and uh, went out for dinner and we bumped into a few people. Uh, one guy from the Yetis who looked like he'd been through the wars, um, uh, Harry Blake, and he said that he loved the new format and it, it made for a better weekend. So hopefully not just the checking teams loved it, but teams from all the divisions and all the different tiers loved it as well because it was, as I say, it was, it was something to play for on the on the Sunday, no matter how good or bad you had done 
um, on the Saturday or the Sunday morning, as it were, with some of them. And I'll, and I'll tell you something, Rambo. How often did we see the 12th seed take out the, the ninth seed and things like that? It definitely happened a couple least, of times. At least twice. Yeah. Or, or, or more importantly, the, the, the equally good ones to see is when the sixth seed takes out the third seed. And yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't just a straight, okay, one plays four, two plays three. It's always going to be that they have to get through the qualification games. Like you saw teams grow in the tournament and it gives you a chance to, it's not just a case of, right, well, we lost the first two games. We're not going to make the semi-finals. Like, might as well just go home. Yeah, or go people coming and turning up leathered and not able to actually skate um, very well. Um, that that sort of was nipped in the bud by that new format. I mean, the 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 proof of the pudding's in the eating. St Andrews, who eventually won it, um, ended up playing. I think yeah, Oxford were maybe the fourth or fifth seed. Um, went to a penalty shootout. Um, then they played London, who were I think maybe the maybe the fifth. Seed potentially, it was, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they certainly weren't like straight up the next favourite, and it went to a penalty shootout. So, well, plus, also, Rambo, let's face it, I actually found my niche within the whole organisation. What's that? Being, being the person who learned the penalty shot rules and wants to flip the coin. That was, yeah, that was good. I mean, there was a lot, of, there was a lot of shootouts actually over the weekend, over that uh, tournament as well, a lot more than we've ever seen before. So, um, it was uh, it was it was good and it was interesting. Um, we had a lot of drama. It's more for some of these teams who say not to pick on them. Say you're a, you're a Birmingham C player, and it's unlikely in the previous format that in your couple of years at uni you might not get to play in the kind of game where you're going to have a penalty shootout, and it makes memories, good or bad, whatever they might be. But hey, you could be that that player on the C team that steps up and scores the, the penalty shot that gets you through a knockout game and it's a big deal. Like it, it gives it gives opportunities for, for heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, Nick, I think we're uh, we're bordering into Wafflin territory now. Um we might have already crossed that line. Um I'm not entirely sure. We crossed that line in about 2017, I <laughs> Um, but it's, it has been good to catch up. Um, hopefully, the next one we'll maybe do is after the AGM, uh, which is, as I understand, the 2nd of October. I don't know why it's always a Sunday, but it's, I'm sure it's the 2nd of October. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, so we'll maybe talk about that, talk about some of the entries and teams. Um, and I'm hoping for the next one, Nick, because you did ask me if we we're going to have any interviews, that we're, I'm going to get Matthew Gibb on um, and uh, we'll chat to him a little bit about... Uh, about playing in gold, but also um, a little bit about his music career and um, and check out one of his tracks as well. Oh, we'll, we'll be doing a, an audio playthrough. That could be uh, that's new. Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna try it. What what, what episode are we on? Like this is uh, this is groundbreaking stuff. I think we're on episode. It will we'll be in episode seventy something. I can't remember off the top of my head. We're getting near episode eighty. Um, but yeah, this will this will be a, we'll have an audio playthrough. We'll have a really listen um, <coughs> and play any maybe play, maybe get them to play us out, uh, depending on 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 the technology. Um, and uh, yeah, it's something I've been looking to get them to do. And uh, he did tell me he was up for it, but I wanted to do a catch up one 
and uh, and and promo that since folk will maybe want to listen to that more. And, the um, and, and speaking of promo ramble, I think it would be a miss. I know. Um, well, let's face it. Um, this whole podcasting business that we've we've been doing over the number of years is basically just shameless self promotion for ourselves. Um, in which case, I think you uh, you got something else to promote, and I think you you should definitely uh, let the viewers know that there is something else new on the airwaves to listen to. Yeah, so um, as a wedding present, uh, Lindsay bought me a subscription to Acast, um, which is a podcast hosting platform. Uh, and I now have started to release my um, own multi-sports podcast, which will look at different stories in sports and, and not just necessarily be a reviews po- podcast. Um, it's called All Blaze No Glory, the podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, basically. Um, except if you're listening to America, it's not on iHeartRadio. Um, and uh, yeah, you can if you can check that out, it'd be it'd be grand. Um, even if you put it on and mute it, um, <laughs> it, it makes it sound, seem like I've got a listener. And I'm, uh, so um, yeah, the uh, there's been a couple of episodes out already. Um, the next one that's going out, which is going out tomorrow, so it'll be out before this this actually drops, is. Um, a review of my softball tournament weekend um, at the end of August. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of different things to check out. Just maybe if you're just interested in hearing sporting stories, then and that's the place to go. It's not as niche as the uh, the British University Ice Hockey Association podcast, which is more focused on whatever Nick and I fancy talking about. Actually, it's not really focused on anything. <laughs> well, yeah, I was about to say, you were using the word focused quite a lot in that sentence, and I think it was the most... Um, liberal use of the word um, that I've ever come across, but um, but no, you're quite right, Rambo. It's it's something that you're putting a lot of time and effort into, and and certainly, let's face it, there's a lot of like-minded folk who are, who are here for you as much as anything else. In which case, if you need a little bit more Rambo in your life, you know you know where you can get it. Yeah, nice one. Uh, thank you very much, Nick, for reminding me to promote that. Um, whilst I'm also on here, um, I did finally sell something off of the Redbubble site for the Steel Queens. And so 92 pence is just winging its way to the club as we... <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, anyway, um, I think we probably uh, we probably should call it a night. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I think we should. Well, that's about, that's, to be honest, that's an hour. There you go. That's a nice, nice round, uh, roundish number. Perfect. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Um, we will be back and hopefully we'll get that Matt, get interview on there as well. Um, so all that's left to say is it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me.